Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, 18B of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Oh boy, gentlemen, everything in life has a silver lining. Something that I've realized with COVID, you know, it's very bad out there and it's, it's very, very sad that uh, the Omicron and Delta variants are spreading like wildfire. But now we got a doubleheader Monday night and Tuesday night football. There's the silver lining. There's your silver lining, gentlemen. I think we have NFL games eight out of the next 10 days. It's glorious. It, it really is. It's so glorious. Yeah, I feel like it was a weird week. Like we already had the Saturday football, which is always kind of like, oh, what the heck's going on here? But now we got games on Tuesday and stuff. Like, let's get some games on Wednesday. I just want football every, Wednesday every day Wednesday afternoon week. football. Yeah, we need it. We need Wednesday afternoon football. I need it so bad. Absolutely. Wednesday, 3.30 start time. Nothing Let's would beat it, right, <laughs> Hey, man, there's nothing like a nice Wednesday game. Still gets nothing the like view. It. The NFL's king. NFL is, is always king. All right, before we get into uh, completely diving into the episode, I did want to say Max has to run, so he's going to give us a little rundown of his picks uh, at the start here. So a little bit different. We're not going to snake it like usual. I'm very sad, but – Max, uh, before he has to run off and uh, go do some work, uh, he's going to give us some picks. And by the way, I believe Max on his spread this year is fire. He, he's literally going nuclear. Max's mm-hmm. spread at this moment is he's 8-1-1 one and, one and hasn't lost. He hasn't lost since week six. Pushed oh, in week wait. five. Lost in week six ever since he's hit eight straight. Dude. So if you're looking for a good one, listen up. Hey, I'm pretty excited to get us started. So am I going to run through all four of my picks here? If you feel gracious enough. Sure. Oh, please bestow us. Wow. All right. I mean, should I save the spread for last? Keep the listeners engaged? Yeah, keep them sure. engaged. Smart. All right. All right. So I'll, you know I'll some start. guys, you know, it's like, one o'clock and some guys like trying to get the bed in like last <laughs> second <laughs> and you're holding them to the end. He's like, Oh, I got a scoop. <laughs> well, um, okay. So I'm going to start with my over under, which is 43. And that's in the Tennessee at Pittsburgh game. I just feel like both defenses are banged up right now. Um, big Ben's due for a game to torch the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I just feel like this has got, 50 bomb written all over. I think 43 is way too low. I think Pittsburgh's offense is due, especially after that week versus Minnesota. Um, Tennessee coming back. A.J. Brown's not back yet, but they're starting to look like their old selves, so I think over 43 is pretty good. What do you guys think? I like that one a lot. I think both the the offenses and defenses on both sides of the ball kind of complement each team really well. Um the Steelers, I know like they've been a really good defense over the past few seasons, but we just saw them just get absolutely marred by Dalvin Cook on the ground. So I really like Deonta Foreman in this one. I like the Tennessee run game. Um, I think they're going to be able to spring some big chunk plays and get in the red zone pretty often. 
and Tennessee, you can throw all over them. And, you know, Big Ben, they can't get anything on the going on the ground for the most part. It's Najee plowing into the line and then falling forward for three more yards. So he's going to be able to pepper Deontay Johnson and chase Claypool with all kinds of targets, and they're going to do a lot with it. So I think that's way too few points uh, for this matchup. I love that pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. Anytime like a line's under 44 and you have two offenses that are at least decent, I agree. It's it's hard to hit the under there. So I, I'm really all in with you on that. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. I'm going to move to my player props real quick here. Uh, my first one, I know you guys are going to love this one. Chris Godwin, anytime touchdown, plus 100. Uh, oh, Mike baby, Evans, give it to money. me. I know you guys are going to talk about it later, about how he gets clamped by Lattimore. In Tampa, Sunday night, Chris Godwin is going to score a touchdown and at even odds. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that one too. Chris Godwin, we talked about it earlier this season. He crushes New Orleans. Mike Evans gets the clamps. So I all the Chris Godwin props this weekend for me. And if you're feeling bold, you can do Chris Godwin anytime and over 100 yards. I think those are both pretty solid. And I think that would be like plus 300 payout, I'm pretty sure. So I like that one a lot. Peter, do you like Chris Godwin to score this week? Love Chris Godwin to score, especially because I own him in fantasy. Let's go. <laughs> And I'm in a big playoff matchup with Nick C. Special guest Nick C. Special, special guest. guest. Their special guests are undefeated in their picks. This is true. Um, and then my second player prop, getting into it, we talked on a little bit there. Deontay Johnson, anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, the Tennessee secondary is just so buns. Deontay Johnson's a very good route runner. Big Ben, like Jay said, is going to just feed him the ball. I can see Claypool scoring. I can see Fryermy scoring. So you could pick your bet. Those They're all positive odds. Deontay's plus 120. Um, but I, I like it one of them scoring but Deontay would be my favorite yeah the only the only scary thing is uh what's Big Ben gonna look like that that's every yeah. week but uh I have vested interest in Deontay he's playing against you Max yeah. in uh our matchup by the way for the <laughs> listeners so that they can hear this uh karma I don't know if it's real but it did shine its shine its light on me the other day I was basking in all of the glory that is Mark Andrews as the tight end one. Yeah. And then Travis Kelsey slapped me over the face, uh, oh, sat me on the ground, you know, and taught me a, a D-A-M-N lesson. Uh, Max has Travis Kelsey in our matchup, and I'm starting off at minus 36. So <laughs> Solid. Hey, it's just Solid start. Your tight end could do it. You're starting two of them. Maybe both of your tight ends can play. <laughs> We shall see, but uh, no, it's it, it's just comical. But no, I, I really like your pick, Max. Deontay Deontay's a very good receiver. Uh, I think what's his name gets shunned this week. Claypool gets shunned and doesn't get the ball. Uh, Big Ben's gonna not target him. So yeah, this is their first game since the little incident of his celebration with there barely any time up in the clock. Um, a side note, Peter, I'm starting Big Ben as my quarterback. Wow. Wow. Even if Lamar's healthy. If Lamar's healthy, the thing is he plays at four, Big Ben plays at one. So my decision is going to have to be made before the game. Wow. I'm going to That's have to tough. I'm going to have to pray on it, but I'm liking Big Ben. I'm liking this matchup this week. I like it Hey, too. look, it, it is most certainly uh, when we talk about fantasy strategy for three seconds, I don't want to keep Max too long. A great way to mitigate uh, a difference maker on the other player's team is to tie to him. So if Deontay Johnson goes off like a 25 bomb, I have a really good chance of maybe competing with Max this week with the Kelsey nuke. Mm -hmm. But if he adds 
Big Ben into the lineup, he's mitigating some of those points that I'd be getting from Deontay, which would be very big for him. Uh, especially mm-hmm. with a big lead, you want to play conservatively, it would be smart to start Big Ben. Because at the end of the day, if Deontay doesn't show up, at least, you know, you'll – if Deontay shows up, at least you'll have a good Big Ben week. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, the moment that everyone's been waiting for, I think. They're, yeah. They're to get to this episode, they missed all the talk. 8-1-1, one, one, trying to go 9-1-1. One, one. My spread pick. I wanted to take – so I wanted to take New England plus two and a half. I think they will beat Indianapolis tonight, the day we're recording. But you guys will not be seeing this episode till tomorrow, most likely, or later tonight, and it will be too too late. I want to give you guys time. Mm-hmm. So I have switched it to the Cincinnati Bengals plus three versus the Denver Ooh. Broncos. Um, the Bengals are coming. It's a lot. It's a lot of points to give the Bengals there. It's a lot, and they're coming off a tough loss to the 49ers in overtime. The Bengals are a great team. I just don't think the Broncos are that good of a team. They've beat up on bad teams and they can't beat good teams. So I'm the taking Broncos, some- the Broncos are the 49ers light. They run yeah. a ball really well. They have a decent enough passing offense when one of the weapons goes crazy, like George Kittle. Uh, and their defenses aren't bad. Like their defenses are probably comparable. Maybe Denver's is a little bit better, but I, I, I think I think the Bengals cover three. That's your that's your Vegas giving you a little help in the week yeah. line. Um, and even if it doesn't cash, I still think it's, it's, you know, looking back on it, I'd take it a million times over. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's nice that it's a flat three too. So you got the chance to push if you need it. Um, but I think this is going to be a really close game. I think three, it's a pretty good line. I think the Bengals can cover that up. Um, I think the Bengals can definitely win this game. I think they got more going for them on the ground and in the air uh, from an offensive standpoint, but both of these teams are just really slow offenses, like painfully slow. They love to run the ball when they can. They love to run the clock. So at the end of the day, I feel like the clock's going to be moving in this one. Um, I don't know how many points are actually going to be scored, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a close one. So three, um, I think the Bengals are the better team. Give me the plus three with them as well. I love that one. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to go 9-1-1. One, one, one. I'm pretty confident in that one. I'm Ooh. excited for the rest of the episode. Is that a guarantee, Mr. Namath? <laughs> there is guarantees when I'm betting, Peter. You have to be confident. Two units. Two, Two. units. Boys, I got to go. I got to bounce. But you guys have fun. Have some good conversations, some good dialogue, and I look forward to listening. Yeah, man. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for gracing us with your picks. They're all wonderful, mm-hmm. man. Thank Max. You. Max, as much as I love to watch the Raiders, I think they're pretty much out of it. I'll be rooting for the Browns. Go Browns. You do like the Raiders. I'm rooting for the Browns, too. I'm hoping. I'm really glad the game's not in two hours because it's raining and cold here in Cleveland. So. Oh, that would have mm-hmm. been great. Josh Jacobs would have ate. So would Nick Chubb, Peter. So would Nick Chubb, yeah. All right, boys. All right. Peace, Peace out, Max. Peace. Take it easy, brother. And then there were two. <laughs> two Monarchs. All right, Jace, we will start with you and we'll go snake back and forth this possible way. We'll start with our spreads. Cool. Spread of the week uh, for me, I'm not doing a traditional spread this week. Um, I have one line that I was eyeing up, but there's a lot of COVID uncertainty with the Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team game. So I'm kind of holding out on that one. But here's a game uh, that I think I have a pretty good read on how it's going to go. Uh, This is the Green Bay Packers at the Baltimore Ravens. And my pick here is the Green Bay Packers to win by 1 to 13 points, and it's plus 135 on FanDuel. Um, The spread's currently set at 7 flat, so right in the middle of that margin. Um, 
the money is favoring the Ravens to cover the seven. So um, at the end of the day, I think the Packers going to win this one. I do think there's potential for them to blow out the, the Ravens just because that secondary is so bad. But at the end of the day, the, the Ravens are at home. Um, and I feel like this is one of those games with Lamar where he's been really struggling the last few weeks and everyone's kind of down on him. I, I feel like he's just going to come charging back and keep this game close. Um, I honestly have a little bit of worry in the back of my head that the Ravens could win this game, but um, that just pushes my point forward that I think this is going to be a close victory for the Packers. Yeah, no, I, I'm in 100% agreeance. I think the, the Packers probably win handedly, but in this league to blow somebody out, that takes a lot. They couldn't barely even blow out Chicago. Right. Uh, so it takes it takes a lot to blow out a different team. I think that 1-13 to 13 range is perfect. The only bad beat you get is if it's a 14-er. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I really, think, I really think it's going to find its way inside of that thirteen number. Yeah, and I think the plus money, like if you're hesitant on it, the plus money oh, should yeah. boost you over the edge. Plus one thirty-five to basically cover their spread that it's already been set. Like, give me that all day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with that, I'm going to move into my spread of the week, Homer pick. So everybody, be aware. If you want to follow, you want to <laughs> follow. If you don't, you don't. I understand. Nine and a half is too many points to give. And actually, I sound crazy now to myself saying this to give the Jets. But <laughs> when I look at the Miami and the Jet uh, like rivalry history, it's always been a close contest throughout the years. Obviously, these Jets teams of late have been a little bit harder uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But Zach Wilson, uh, LaFleur, and this new rebuilt and revamped offensive line has kind of figured out a way to be league average on offense. It's always the defense that's letting the team down uh, this year. And I know for a lot of people that might not watch the NFL regularly, they're going to think I'm crazy when they see these point totals by the offense, but the offense does. Uh, I think they're like the quote unquote 14th best offense throughout from week seven onward or something like that. There's a PFF stat like that. With that being said, they were very hurt last week, but they're going to get their rookie sensation, Michael Carter, back. I think Carter is going to have a good game. We'll talk about him later. The only thing that uh, is hurting me in this this plus nine and a half uh, is the fact that the Dolphins need this game and the Jets yeah. don't. Yeah. But I, I think Salah's the kind of coach, and from what I see and watch the press conferences and get – I just consume Jets media like it's nobody's business – he wants them to win these games kind of like how Kyle Shanahan had those 49ers teams rattle off games at the beginning of his tenure. They, I think they went like five straight at the end of his first year mm -hmm. or second year in San Francisco. It's all about like growing. And Salah's been talking about that, how even though Miami has something to play for the Jets and all those rookies and uh, the culture they're trying to build, they're trying to win. Nine and a half is a lot of points. I understand it's in Miami with COVID, with everything, I just feel like nine and a half is way too many points to give up. And if I lose, I lose. Yeah. I think the process is really right on that. And I think one thing you didn't mention is Jalen Waddle is out for Miami in this one, which is yes. a huge, huge key to Miami because we talked about how um, Chris Godwin is the thing that makes their offense go in Tampa. Jalen Waddle is the thing that makes the Miami offense go. He gets all those short drawn up targets to chug along. He gets the deep targets. He's literally their entire mechanism um, of their offense. So now that he's missing, I definitely think nine and a half is too much and kind of going along what you said. I, I, I actually, one side note, I really like when you pick the jets because you follow so much jets media and like 
I feel like a lot of outsiders like me, especially if you're a fan of any other team, like that's the last thing I'm consuming is a bunch of Jets media. So it's nice to get like your input on like the different things that you consume. I think that that gives us a little bit of an edge. Um, yeah. Betting. Something, something else I will say. Uh, so Jace gave you a, a, like a plus argument there for why the Jets should be taking a nine and a half, an extra little one with Waddle being out. I'll give you a minus argument. Uh, the Jets are going to be starting their either third string left tackle or one of their guards who they have pretty large guards, which has been the problem all year is that they're too immobile on the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're moving one of those guards to tackle to left tackle, which is very important this Saturday, uh, this Sunday. So I think Wilson's going to be pressured a lot and he's going to have to dump it off to Carter a decent amount. So that's my, uh, my little negative argument is that they're going to be playing with their third string left tackle. That's tough. I know I use that as an argument against Zeke and the Cowboys. I know they're missing Tyron Smith, which is huge for them. Um, but kind of going along with what you were saying earlier, like these young teams, when you got a young rookie quarterback like that, these teams are going to be fighting all the way through the fourth quarter, all the way through week 18, no matter what their record is. Yeah, They just want that offense to build and get better each and every week. So I don't know. At the end of the game, like the Dolphins could be winning by like 14 in the fourth quarter and pull all their starters. And then all of a sudden – Zach Wilson and company put up a touchdown and a field goal and make it close and cover this thing up. So I just think nine and a half is too much for a team that's going to go in there and fight all the way until the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to snake it around. We're going to get our unders in uh, overs and unders. Uh, (laughs) I originally had Raiders Browns over 40, 40.5. So a total of 41 to hit the over and I'm going to abandon it. It scares me too much with the COVID cases and I'm going to root and okay. Something about this show is we always try to use data and uh, like some form of analytical procedure to, to justify our cases, whether it's starting players, whether it's these bets, but I'm going to go completely irrational here. No data. This is all gut feeling. Let's go. I'm going to take the over in the Texans Jaguars game just because just because it's one of the worst games of the year. It's happened twice. So this is the second occurrence of the game. Urban Meyer's gone. I feel like Jacksonville is going to go out there and score and try to put up numbers and embarrass him. Daryl Bevel, shout out Daryl Bevel, jet legend, mm-hmm. uh, helming the ship over there. And then the Texans offense got blanked last week. And what's the likelihood that they put up zero again uh, back-to-back weeks? I know they did that earlier in the year, but this is Jacksonville we're talking about. The over-under line is set at 39 and a half mm, with, so I think, low. Jacksonville's minus five. Yeah, minus four and a half, yeah. Minus four and a half. I I think the the odds makers are drunk. If you look throughout <laughs> the different sports books, if you go to thelines.com, I think one sports book has it at like three, one sport mm-hmm. book has it at four and a half, one sport book has it at two. The, nobody knows what's going to go on with this game. The only thing that yeah. I do know is that 39 is comical for an over under in an NFL game. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be hitting the over. Yeah, that one, it scares me a little bit because I think earlier on in this season, I went for like a Miami Jacksonville game thinking it would just be like a Miami Houston. Was it Miami? I remember. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, it'll be like a, flopped. yeah, it'll be a garbage game. Like, but points will be scored. Just both defenses are bad. Offenses are fine. So that, that whole process that I went along last time kind of scares me a little bit, but um, I think you're totally right. I don't think anyone has any idea what's going on in this game. I know 
when this originally the sports, opened up. The sports makers are quaking. Dude, that they are, the, man. The, the better, uh, not the better, the line setters. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I would be too. Like, Urban leaving just feels like such a huge piece, and it obviously was because I think Jacksonville was getting three points at the beginning when this originally opened up. I think Houston was favored by three, and now Jacksonville's getting four and a half, so or laying four and a half, so. I don't know. I think it's going to be a wild game, but at the end of the day, like Jacksonville, I really love them getting a boost without urban. I think, you know, their offense is finally going to score some points. Um, I think they're going to carry the load in this game and in, in scoring the points, but Houston, like Dougie Mills, man, like he is really not that bad. And uh, he locks on to Brandon cooks. He's a good target. Um, I think they're getting David Johnson back. They're getting some pieces back. So overall like 40 points. I mean, both of these teams, they can easily hit that. So Neither of these defenses are lockdown defenses. I know Jacksonville's got some upside on their D line, but at the end of the day, these are two terrible teams that can, they put up points in the past. So I like them to put points yeah. up against each other. Really quick before we get into Jace's pick, something I do want to say a lot, I believe a lot of the money is on the under just out of sheer like joking and, yeah. and like, Oh, like let's root for the under and the lowest point uh, set point of the year. I <sighs> I just feel like you got to fade the public there too. Yeah. I'm going to be rooting for points in a terrible offensive game. And I think it's going to be electric just to, just to be rooting for that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of excitement in both of these games. So, and I think both of these, like both of these teams should be excited to play against each other. This is a very formidable matchup for both of these teams. It's probably the most even matchup either of these teams have been lined up with all year. So I don't know. I really like this one. It's kind of just like one of those sleeper darling games that could, it looks gross on paper, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, it could turn out to be an absolute shootout between these two teams. So I'm not projecting that, but I definitely project it hitting over 40 points. All right, Jace, let's get your over under. Over under this one or this week. don't know why I said this one, but I got a, I got one that actually an over under that already cashed pretty heavily earlier this season. So I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The over-under is set at 45 and a half. Give me the over. It's minus 110 odds on FanDuel. And uh, these two teams already played each other this season in week eight. Um, and that the final score of that game was 36 to 27. Um, so 63 points were scored in this game in week eight. Um, I just think the Buccaneers, I mean, I think their projected team total is at 29 and a half. So they're already projected about 30 points in this game. I think they're going to carry a lot of the load, but at the end of the day too, Taysom Hill, I think he, you know, the Tampa Bay defense has definitely stepped it up. They've always been a good rush defense, but I feel like their past he's gotten a lot better lately. Taysom Hill is not a true pocket passer. He's going to, you know, make his little throws, um, here and there, but at the end of the day, he's going to be running all over this team. Um, I think he's got the ability to do it. His fingers, you know, I know it's bothering him, but he is a runner. So I like the Saints to put up points. I love the Buccaneers to put up a ton of points. So 45 and a half, give me the over big time. Definitely. I'm all in with you on that. I feel like anytime Tom plays and he's got all of his weapons out there, except for AB, AB, we're uh, mm-hmm. praying for you over here at the Monarchy Podcast. That's right. <laughs> Messing around uh, with his <laughs> fake vaccine card. Yes. This guy. Uh, but no, with, uh, with Tom and he's got his weapons, Gronk's finally, you know, back to his normal self, Godwin Evans, all these guys are going to put up numbers. It's all going to be on the saints. And my only thing that I'm scared about is I heard there's no Sean Payton with COVID. Mm. So 
you know, that's the kind of guy that would try to coach from his hospital bed. Yeah. But uh, not having him out there is going to be a, a letdown. But I do think that this should be like a 49 over yeah. under. 48, I, 49, and it's just not. Yeah. Especially with Kamara out there again. Right. And, like, I think uh, Trevor Simeon started the last time these two teams played. To no, me, Jameis got hurt, I think. I think oh, Jameis got Jameis hurt. hurt game. Okay. Well, then Trevor came into that game at least. And he was able to put up points in the, in the last few quarters, if I believe correctly, but I don't know, this is Taysom Hill um, for scoring points in this offense, in the, in the saints offense that they are today without any wide receivers or anything like that. They don't need a pocket pass to run that offense. They need Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara to run their RPOs and just chug down the field on the ground. So um, yeah, I don't know. I just think Taysom's better than any quarterback. The saints have started against the Buccaneers this season in regards to scoring points. So the only letdown, like you said, is if the Saints just get blanked. And I just don't think that's going to happen in this one. So um, I think this is – I mean, they scored 63 points against each other earlier this season. I can't believe it's not in the 50s. So um, Yeah, definitely. Give, it, give me anything under 50. All right, Jace. Give me both your player props, and we can send the people onto a very merry Sunday slate of games. Yeah. And Monday and mm-hmm. Tuesday. <laughs> And Tuesday, and hopefully Wednesday eventually. But yeah, um, and then Thursday again, I think, or no? Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I got some really juicy player props. I was up super late last night, and I just stumbled upon these two. Both of these feel like absolute locks based on their track records. Um, my first one is Brandon Ayuk, over 53.5 receiving yards versus Atlanta, minus 114 odds on FanDuel. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has hit this in five out of his last six games, and he's hit it in four straight. Atlanta allows 164 yards per game to opposing wide receivers. And at this point, Debo is basically a full-time running back. He sees like one to two targets a game. Um, Ayuk is really their only true wide receiver for the 49ers. Um, I know George Kittle's been going off the past two weeks, but he's a tight end that does a lot of run blocking for them. So um, Atlanta giving up all those yards. They're a terrible defense. I've been attacking them all season with my bets. Um, so give me Brandon Ayuk over 53 and a half. I think he absolutely smashes this one. Um, and then my second one is Gronk over 50 and a half receiving yards minus 114. As we said, they're at home against the oh, Saints. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a theme we've talked about in the past, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. It's usually a great matchup. Um, really fun to watch on TV, but not fun to watch Mike Evans box score um, after the game because it's usually in single digit points. Uh, Marshawn puts the clamps on Mike Evans. So it's going to be Chris Godwin in this one, of course, but Gronk has really come along. Um, Gronk has hit this line in six out of game, six out of seven games this season. He's only played seven games. Um, so he's only missed it one time this entire season. Um, I, I just absolutely love Gronk to smash this one. I see him, um, you know, getting somewhere in the sixties in this one. Um, so I think he easily smashes it. I do have a little bit of hesitation though, just because the saints are pretty good against tight ends. I think, um, they only let up 41 yards per game to opposing tight ends, but this is Gronk. This is the Bucks offense. This is Tom Brady's best friend. Like, I feel like all season, everyone's kind of been doubting Gronk. Like, ah, I don't know. Like it, it, it might just be like a hot flash, but when I watch him, like Gronk is fully back, you know, he might be a step slower, but he is out there doing all the same exact things he was doing in his prime in new England. So he looks really good. Um, I think anything under 55 is criminally low uh, for this guy. I'm 100% in on you. The The reoccurring theme for today's episode is Jace did his homework. Peter's riding with his guts. 
Uh, our player props uh, again. I, I've I don't know anybody. Uh, I don't know if anybody out there knows what I do for a living, but I'm a I'm an accountant and. I love doing Excel spreadsheets, trying to keep track. I've been very busy at work, so I can't do that at the moment, but I'm going to be tracking our player props sooner or later within the next couple months, whenever I find some free time. But I feel like we hit our player props a lot, a lot yeah. more than, than we hit our like spreads yeah. because we're able to, you know, look at a player's history and figure it out from there. Uh, whereas the team history, it's always context and, and context dependent uh, versus the player props. But Jace is going with his homework with his numbers. I am 100% in on his numbers here. Uh, I've looked into myself. I, I love Gronk. Any any number above 40 is, mm. is literally criminal. Yeah. I'm sorry. Any number below 40 is criminal. 50 is fair. And in a game like this, where they're going to be going ham at each other, trying to trying to knock each other out, and listen, Brady's going to want to win this game. He, oh yeah, the Saints own him in the regular season. Obviously, Brady got the upper hand in the playoffs last year, but Brady's going to want to sling this. So I love Gronk in the fifties. I'd even take him in the sixties. Yeah, I think the sixty line would start to scare me a little bit because that's closer to like his average on the season. But fifty, I mean, listen to his last four games. So week 11, 71 yards. Week 12, 123 yards. Uh, week 13, 58 yards. Week 14, this most previous week, 62 yards. So, um, And even going back down. to week three before he got hurt, 55 yards. Week one, 90 yards. So I don't know. He's hit it in four straight. Ayuk's hit his in four straight. I'm riding the hot streak with both of these guys. Like the process is right there for you. If it doesn't yeah. hit, it doesn't hit. But at the end of the day, that is the smartest decision you can make is ride a hot streak like that. Who's going to guard Gronk? Quan Alexander? Come on. Yeah, I, I don't know. Quan's like, a good tackler. He's not a good coverage linebacker. Yeah. And like I said, Gronk looks so good out there, man. Like he looks exactly like he was when him and Tom were hooking up in New England. Like I said, maybe a step slower, but I mean, he looks really good. He's not falling down too hard. He's not banged up after every play. Like, I love Gronk, man. So we'll roll into my player props and wrap up the show for you all. And again, the theme is consistent today. Jace did his homework. Peter's riding with his gut. Give me a double touchdown. We're going two touchdown scores. Okay. These are two of Peter's guys, and he needs whichever one he starts to score a touchdown. But I do think both of them find themselves in the end zone. For the Jets, Michael Carter, he is their only weapon. They're down their wide receiver one, their wide receiver two. Their wide receiver three is Jamison Crowder, who's had a May year. Um, and their wide receiver four is Denzel Mims, who, believe me, if you if anybody knows a Jet fan out there, just send their sympathies for Denzel Mims. Uh, the prince that was promised uh, has fallen flat on his face the last year. <laughs> And I think Michael Carter is literally the only option in this offense. They are going to run him into the ground. Coach Sala, obviously out of a, out of a injury. Coach Sala was talking about it on even Monday. And he said, Michael Carter's playing. This is like 100%. It's not like, Oh, you know, he's still coming back from the ankle. He is playing mm -hmm. last two days in, in uh, uh, press conferences. The uh, coach Sala also said like, we're going to get him the ball. He is going to play. He's going to be normal functioning role in that mm -hmm. offense. Obviously, Miami's defense is good. 
But if the Jets are going to score a touchdown, I'd say it's probably like a 40% chance it's Michael Carter at some point. I don't think Ty Johnson – Ty Johnson's in the doghouse with all the drops last week. Uh, and then Tevin Coleman, he might come in and leech a touchdown. But for the entirety of the game, if there's one Jet player that's going to score a touchdown, give me Michael Carter. And then my second one is Dallas Goddard. I love Goddard, as everybody knows, and this is all bias at the front. Uh, I'm very transparent about that. Goddard had a big game against the Jets. They had their bye week, and now they're giving an, a lot of time for Jalen Hurts to heal that ankle and evaluate what he wants to do with the football. He's had two weeks to prep to become a better passer, taking this time and evaluating the offense, and he sees Devonta Smith is going to get the one. He's going to get that number one cornerback. And I believe they play Washington on, is it Tuesday, Jace, or Monday? It is the Tuesday game that got moved. Yep. They play on Tuesday. Jalen Hurts is going to have some extra time to be off. I can see it now. They're in the in the red zone, and he's just going to target, target him hyper, 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 hyper target him. I believe he gets, what is it, like 40% of the passing pie. I'll, yep. bet, I'll bet on 40% of the passing pie when they get in the red zone. Uh, especially with him being a big body over a lot of those injured secondary pieces and linebacker pieces for Washington with the COVID list. Yeah, I, I really like both of those. Um, to start things off with your first one, uh, Michael Carter to score. I was looking at the Dolphins, how many touchdowns per game they let up to opposing running backs. On the ground, they're letting up 0.62 touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. And then through the air, another 0.31. And we know Michael Carter can catch the ball. So almost a touchdown uh, per game on the ground um, and through the air combined. So he's the perfect bet to fit those stats. I really like him to get in the end zone. Um, like you said, not a whole lot of weapons in that offense. He's the, he's the main one, the main priority. So taking a good shot on the number one um, on the number one option in an offense is always a good bet. So I like that one. Um, I don't know if you said what the odds are, but I'm sure it's a pretty good chunk of plus money on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to him right now. I'm going to pull up the odds for both. Cool. You pull up Michael Carter, and I'll talk about Dallas Goddard here for a second. I really love Dallas Goddard in this one for a lot of the reasons that he said, but one thing that I keep coming back to, Jalen Hurts in that ankle, if that's at all banged up, um, they're going to hold him back from running, I would imagine, just because they need him for the stretch. They're also getting Miles Sanders back, um, and I think Boston Scott. Um, I think they're getting just like their hodgepodge of running backs um, back into this one. And to me, like they're all somewhat hobbled. Um, I, I just don't know how effective they're going to be able to be on the ground in this one. Washington does have a good D line without chase young. Um, they've benefited from a little bit of addition by subtraction all season since yeah, that injury. Say so, better. Yeah, honestly, it's weird how that works out, but I feel like since I've been listening to analysts for the past few years, that is addition by subtraction is a huge term that gets thrown around for these defenses. So um, I really like that one. Washington has been somewhat stingy against tight ends, but like we said, this guy gets a 30 plus percent target share. If they're going to yeah. be throwing more, I mean, in, plus in with this all the has, COVID, the COVID yeah. regulations, I'm, I'm sure a lot of those players are going to find their way back by Tuesday, mm -hmm. but it's still going to hold out a good chunk of players. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Devonta Smith is probably, I don't know, him and Goddard go back and forth. Who's the number one target in this offense. But like I said, with Carter, you got to bet on the number one um, weapon in the offense to score. And I think Dallas Goddard could easily be that guy. So what are, what are the odds? Carter is plus 270 to score. Oh, let's go. 
Michael Carter's plus 270. Let's and go. then I'm looking for Dallas. Dallas Goddard is plus. They don't have it up yet. Mm, interesting. He's I would plus, have to they imagine, don't have it up yet. I would He's imagine be like it'd be like plus 210. Yeah, I was going to say like plus 175 to like plus 220 in there. So I don't know. Anytime, like we talk about all the time, touchdown scores, touchdowns in general, they're not a sticky stat by any means. But I mean, when you're taking the number one option in an offense, it's more likely than not that those guys are going to get in the end zone for their squad. Um, and the plus money on those guys are ridiculous for their opportunities this week. So I, I love it, man. All right. That I believe is going to close us out for the episode week 15. Now, dear Lord, it flies by. Don't know where the time goes, but Wherever you may be listening, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever kind of platform you're listening on, we really thank you. Give us a follow. uh, Give us a like rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Do whatever you got to do. Tell your grandma about it. You win money, go tell your grandma about it. Uh, And then follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. If you have any questions, just DM us over there. Uh, With that being said, any last words, Jace? Yeah, if I feel bad that some of the lines might move when we release these pick where, you know, I'll be given uh, Gronk out at 50 and a half and then it moves to 54 and a half. And if you're listening, you're like, ah, I don't know, like that's a bunch of yards added on top. I don't know if I'm still feeling it. If you're ever in one of those situations, reach out to each and every one of us, whoever you want to ask. Uh, like Peter said, at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter, all of our individual handles are in the bio. They're also in each episode description. So if you have any discrepancies with your sports book and what we're saying, Shoot us a a DM, shoot us a tweet, and we'll do our best to give you the best information possible. So, uh, but other than that, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the long weekend of football. We got a lot of extended days of football here. So do your best to enjoy it. Make the, make your best decisions in fantasy, make your best decisions in uh, sports betting and uh, the cards will fall how they may. Absolutely. 1-800-GAMBLER. If you have a gambling problem beyond that, look out for our Christmas special. Oh yeah. Most likely coming out on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but it might get pushed back because of these this uh, new set of games. We'll communicate that with all of you on Twitter or wherever we're able to communicate that. Uh, maybe we can put out an alert through Apple or Spotify or something. We'll figure it out. But Christmas Spectacular coming out, a giveaway. So stay tuned and listen. Peace out, everyone. Yeah, peace. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>